just cause they said it It don't mean that I'll take it Just cause they said it Rumor has it time wow wow in the early days we started and people said they said Tim how is momentum growing so fast and this is the truth I would say to him say have you heard our band have you heard our band I could say have you heard our bands now because we got bands we don't just got band we got bands and if you're out there and uh, you want to be part of it man you should be Uh, We're talking about Nehemiah. We're talking today about the title, The Rumor Has It. The Rumor Has It. Just because they say it doesn't mean that we have to take it, and it doesn't mean that it's true. That's what we're going to talk about today. The Rumor Has It. We're in Nehemiah chapter 4. We've been in Nehemiah for several, several weeks. There's so much uh, depth, uh, so much richness in this book. There's so much that we can learn and get out of it. And so, man, we're trying to squeeze every last drop. And so Pastor Ray did a great job last week. Didn't he do a great job? And uh, I'm so proud of him. He did a great job. I appreciate that. And I'm really excited to talk to you today about Chapter 4 and to talk to you about how how do you deal with external negativity? How do you deal with external problems? How do you deal with people's criticism? How do you deal with that? That's what we're going to talk about it uh, today, what we're going to talk about today. Before we go any further, I'd be totally missed, and uh, boy, I'd totally miss it if we didn't take a moment and just say thank you and show our appreciation to our veterans. So I want to just say thank you to every man and every woman that is a veteran. I want to say thank you to every family. That's right. I think it is appropriate that we stand and clap. I think... That not only is it the man or the woman, it is their family that sacrifices so much. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for being a great church. And we want to have a heart and an attitude of gratitude. Now, let's do it like this. I love how you did it. It It's amazing. Let's take one more. Let's let's do this. If And I know it's awkward. I think it's especially awkward if you've just been in the military for a little amount of time. When someone asks you to stand, you're like, Man, dude, I just signed up, you know, or I just been in six months or just been in a year. And there are people in here that 24, 25 years. But you know what? Let's honor them. And, and to honor them, let's be able to recognize them. If you're a man or a woman, you're a veteran, would you please stand up? Would you stand up right now? We want to honor you. We want to say thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone watching online in Navarre, in Blackwater. We want to say thank you. Uh, We truly are the land of the free because of the brave. 
And after being in China a few weeks ago, I'll I tell you what, man, you know, I don't ever want to take for granted the freedom and the privileges that we have in America because of the courage and the character of the men and women who have stood in the gap, paid the price, been away from their families, laid the life on the line for our nation. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You know, we're going to talk about uh, distractions today. You know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to distract you. In fact, I thought about entitling this message, Fraction by Distraction. The enemy wants to take you apart. He knows that we're stronger together. He knows that we're better together. And he also knows that if he can get us distracted, we will be less than what God dreamed us to be. How many are tracking with me? You know what I'm talking about? How many have ever got distracted? You took your eye, like in baseball. Did you play baseball, anyone? Softball, anyone? And they say, don't take your eye off the ball. In golf, they told me. Keep your eye on the ball, right? And, and I wanted to look how far it went before I connected with it. And so I remember someone that was, uh, that's a little shaky. I, I remember a uh, preacher who was teaching me how to golf, trying to teach me. And, and he, he told me, he said, Tim, keep your head down and just worry about the ball. Don't even look up. Don't even worry about how far it goes or where it goes. I'm just teaching you to keep your eye on the ball. Some of us today will watch our favorite NFL team, and you'll watch them, maybe college football yesterday, and you know this to be true. In every game, there is a pass that was perfect, a receiver that was open, and a ball that was dropped. And you're, if you're like me, and I think you're like me, and I think I'm like you, we watch it, and we say, good grief, how could you drop that ball? How could that ball hit your chest? How could you totally miss it? And the truth is, they miss it because at a certain point, they get distracted. And they take their eye off the ball, and they're thinking about turning up the field. They're thinking about how, how, how many yards they're going to get. They're thinking about... The defense, they're thinking about all these things instead of that one thought about catching the ball. And so what happens is you see an unbelievable team. They're working hard together. And, man, quarterback drops back. and He's about to get sacked, but he's like, I ain't down with that. And so he moves a little bit. He does a little shake, rattle, and roll. He comes over here off his back foot. He throws a pass. A receiver now, because he's bought time, is wide open. It's a 50-yard pass. You're like, come on, baby. That's what I'm talking about. And we begin to celebrate in our mind, too. And unfortunately, so does the receiver. And he goes, whoop, right through the hands. And we're like, oh, grandma could have caught that. And she's blind and only one hand, you know, it's only got one arm. And grandma, she's dead. Grandma could have caught that pass. How come so-and-so paying millions of dollars, they couldn't catch that? It's because they took their eye off the ball. And do you know that the enemy knows that? And as we are trying to move forward, we have an enemy who's playing defense to our acceleration. Because God wants his people to move forward. God is a God of movement. And God, God, I mean, first words in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, that, that's action, that's a verb. God is into doing. God is into to, to, to accomplishing things and, and to doing things. And the enemy knows it. And so the enemy's like, no, 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 no. And one of the most powerful tools of the enemy 
is distraction. And you and I, we both can go there, right? Can you, you remember a time when business was good, when your family seemed to go well, when grades were where they needed to be, and then all of a sudden it was like the bottom fell out. And several weeks later, we get, the, we get our grades. Several weeks later, there's a meltdown in our family. Several weeks later, there's a loss of a job, and we think, how in the world did that happen? And we look back and we say, you know what? We took our eye off the ball. Maybe I could spin it this way. Let's talk about the election real quick. Let's talk about the election. Watch this. There are some people voted for Donald Trump. Some people wouldn't vote for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is now our president-elect. And as God's people, we're to pray for him, whether we voted for him or not. That's what the Bible says. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Now, some of you are clapping. You're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be easy. And some of you are like, I am praying for the devil. And if Hillary Clinton would have won, some of you would have had a hard time praying for her. And some of you would have found it easy to pray for her. But the Bible says that we're to pray for them regardless of whether we voted for them or not. You know what? We're right now, right? You watch the news. You see this stuff. You watch the news. We're on the cruise. And I wanted to watch the news, kind of see what was going on. And, and everyone's talking about now, how do we come back together? And, and you see these people that even, like it, it was among Democrats, it was among Republicans, and then it was against Democrats, against Republicans, and vice versa. And, and everyone's chowing down, everyone's talking down, everyone's trashing each other, right? And we had a lot of that this election. What happens is if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we lose our heart when we come apart. And it happens. How does it happen? It happens by distraction. How do, how, do, how do people right now, they're protesting, they're lighting American flags on fire, which if you're young, I just want to say as a pastor, and, and I could do that, I got the microphone, that's stupid. That's stupid. That ought to light your butt on fire. Yeah, that's stupid. You, you know, as Christians, not everyone here is a Christian, I get that. But if you are a Christian, man, if we let who became president take us so far from what God wants us to do, which is love then where was our faith all along? Someone just say, preach. Right? And it doesn't matter. Listen, listen, listen. And, and, and I get it. I get it. This thing, that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to tear this country apart. The enemy wants to tear our country instead of our country coming together. And you know what he does? Distraction. And if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, here's what we'll do. Now all of a sudden, it's over, right? It's over. It's over. It's over. But now we catch ourselves on social media finding, well, I wonder who's po- I wonder what side they were on. I wonder who they voted for. I can't believe they shared that post. And if we're not careful, instead of putting our energy and praying for our newly elected leaders, we'll begin to criticize, become negative. We'll begin to be part of tearing apart instead of coming together. Are you with me? Distraction creates fractions. The enemy knows it. And the enemy's been around a really, really, really long time. And he doesn't have any new tricks. He just has really, really good ones. Have any of you been to a magic show and you're like, yeah, I saw that magic trick before and I still don't know how they did it? And you're still, like, dumbfounded. You're still astounded. You're like, wow, how did I, I seen that, right? Like, we were on the cruise ship on vacation this week and there's a magic show and Jaden, our oldest, is really into magic. You know, and so, man, we go there to watch the magic show, and they do so many things that I've seen done before, and yet I'm left shaking my head like, I really don't know. How did they do that? That's crazy. Are you with me? And that's how the enemy is. 
The enemy doesn't have new tricks, new magic. He's got the same old stuff. He just has perfected it. And one of them is distraction. Now, we're in chapter 4 of Nehemiah. And, uh, and kind of set it up if you're new. If you're new, um, we're talking about Nehemiah. God gives him a vision. Vision is to build a wall for God's people where a wall had not been for over 100 years. And, and God's people had been distracted. God's people doubted. God's people didn't believe that God was good anymore. And, and if you walk away with something today, if you only walk away with one thing, here's what we want you to walk away with. God is good. He's good. No matter who you voted for, he's good. No matter where you are today, if you're really encouraged or really discouraged, he's good. No matter where your finances are today, he's good. And so we're just going to keep our eye on the ball, and, and that is the fact that God is good. And he's good all the time, whether we feel like it's good or not. God always has our best interest at heart. Someone say amen. But you know why, and I'm not being mean, I'm not going negative, but you know why we didn't really put a full force applause into that? Because we really don't believe it. We really don't believe that. And that is one of the favorite tools of the devil, one of his favorite weapons. The enemy will come in and he'll lie to you. Let's talk about it. Rumor has it. Remember the, I want you to go there in your mind. I want you to go to a place in time in your mind where you were, you were moving towards a vision. Maybe it was getting in, getting accepted into a school. Maybe you said, you know, I'm going to enter into this branch of the military, but I don't just want to be here. I want to be here. And, and, and this is my goal. You know, I really want to, I want to do this or I want to be this. And, and, and maybe that that's what it was. Maybe you were, uh, at an altar and, um, Two, two of our favorite people got married yesterday, and, and like Hannah and Gadio, and they get married, and, and we go to weddings, and we remember, and that love warms up in our heart, and we're like, oh, remember how it used to be. <laughs> Sometimes don't we do that as couples? And, and we stood there one time 15 years previously or 10 years previously or 25 years previously, and we made this promise for better, for worse, till death do us part. I'm going to love you. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to provide for you and protect you. We had all the right intentions because we had this really big vision. And then somewhere along the line, distraction happened. Somewhere along the line, doubt happened. Somewhere along the line, the enemy sowed intimidation. That's exactly what happens in chapter 4 in Nehemiah. Here's the deal. They have begun to build the wall. And when they have started to build the wall, there are two leaders, Sanballat, Tobiah, and these guys run their mouth. They start running their mouth. They're ridiculing them. They're laughing. They're making fun of them. They're, they have great sarcasm. And, and, and they're trying to distract God's people from doing what God wanted them to do. They are distracting. And so here's what happens. They want to stop. So, so they think death by distraction. We'll get them to stop if, they, if we can get into their minds, into their heads, into their hearts and make them believe they can't do it. You know what I'm talking about. Because at one point in your life, there was something way bigger than you. Way, I mean, this thing was huge. And you just believed it could be true. You believed one day that you could be financially free. But then life just kind of beat it out of you. You believed that you would have children as teenagers that loved mom and dad and were respectful. But somehow that just isn't the case anymore. And maybe I'm expecting too much. At 
some point, you believed that, that you would be among the top 5% to get accepted into the school. That 95% of other students receive a no. And he said, but for me, I'm, I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you heard him talking. They were talking about you. They were spreading lies, spreading rumors. They were talking about how you couldn't do it. At, at, at one point, you signed up, and you said, you know what? I'm going to start here at this company, but I'm going to work my way all the way up. We went on a Disney cruise, and, and our waiters at dinner, um, they'd worked for Disney. This is their fifth year, and they start at the bottom. They don't, I don't think, see people or talk to people. That has to all be learned and trained, how you deal with people, people's skills. And so you got to work your way up, and there's test after test after test after test after test in order to earn your way to the next level. That's how Disney does it. Maybe you can identify with that where there was a time in your life where you had this big vision, you really believed God was calling you to something like you're single. And you believe that God has an amazing guy for you, and you're not just going to go with go out with anyone. Maybe you're single and you're like, you know what, I've got standards, and I'm not just going to go so I'm not lonely. Because I'm not lonely, because God's with me. Like he said, he'd never leave me or forsake me, and Though there may be no one to date that I know of right now, I'm not going to lower my standard. But then what happens is you get around other people, and those other people begin to fertilize the lies that Satan dropped, planted in your heart or in your mind. And they begin to say, no, man, what are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Like, seriously, man, this is 2016. Man, you can't expect that anymore. You can't expect a guy or a girl that's not going to cheat on you. Man, it's okay. It's life. Come on. Man, man, listen, I know you're trying to get out of debt, but we're all your friends. We're all in debt. That's just come on. Come on, swipe it. Swipe it for the Lord. Swipe it one more time. Come on, don't believe that you need to be debt-free. Man, what do you believe? No, 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 no. No, come on, come on, come on. And... And, and maybe you're married and, and your marriage has fallen on tough times. It happens to us all. Trust me, all, even preachers, even your preacher happens to us all. And we all hit turbulence. But just because you hit turbulence doesn't mean you need to jump. Dang, that was good. That was good. That's good. Yeah, because there's still hope. There's hope. If God is your pilot and not your co-pilot, it's all good. He's going to go with a pilot. He's going to direct you. He's going to lead you. And, and so maybe that's it, but you go to work and your friends that you, you got more friends at work than you do at church and your people at church share your values, but people at work don't really share those values, but you love them because they love you and accept you for who you are. And you begin talking about, yeah, but you know what? She's so negative. She's so critical. She's so nagging. And the dudes say, the dudes say, man, you don't deserve that. Or maybe you're a female, you know, and you get with the nurses and you tell them how bad he is and he doesn't take care of himself and, pick up his underwear and you know he just he just thinks i'm the maid and they're all oh yeah you don't deserve that and what i'm telling you is that the enemy is happy to plant people around you to distract you from doing from you doing what you know you need to do from doing what you're called to do the enemy will invite and tempt people in your life to reiterate the same lies that he's been telling you for a long time And so his first choice of attack is doubt. It happened in the garden. His first choice of attack is doubt. Satan will always show up with doubt. If he is present, doubt is present. 
That's his, that's his, that's his first, that's his first blow, man. That's, that's his, that's his attack. That's his strategy is to introduce doubt into our hearts and our minds. But then he follows up doubt with discouragement. And we read this from chapter four, where these guys are laughing at him and they're, ah, they can't do it. In fact, one of them says this, one of them says, uh, Tobias says, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're building this wall out of rubble and not even if a, if a fox was able to get on that wall. Foxes are pretty little. Foxes are pretty light. Right? I've never seen a fat fox. We have foxes in our neighborhood, right? We see them. They're little. They're quick. They're, they're gone. In fact, if you uh, study a little bit about foxes, um, sometimes they don't even leave a track. They walk very light-footed. They're quick. Light. And what he was saying is he was saying through sarcasm, yeah, if, the, if when the smallest of all animals got on the wall they're building, it would come crumbling down. You know what that's called? That's called intimidation. Not only will Satan throw doubt your way and then discouragement your way, but he'll throw intimidation. And he wants to get it in you. When we were on the cruise, there was a point where we looked all the way around. All we could see was water, 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 water. It was crazy. And the huge ship we were on was so big, but all of a sudden it was so small compared to all the water. And you know what? We were okay as long as all the water around us didn't get on the inside. As long as what was on the outside stayed on the outside, we would be okay on the inside. And Satan knows that. And so he wants the negativity from those around you to get on the inside. In fact, the devil can do the most damage from the inside. So he will use external people and then external circumstances or situations to take our eyes off the ball. Or in Nehemiah's case, to take it off the wall. To take it off the vision that God has called us to. Discouragement is one of Satan's most powerful weapons against people. Now go there, would you? When was that time in your life when you were the most vulnerable? Maybe it was a time of transition. You moved to a new city. You're taking on a new job. You were starting a new company. You wanted to be a mom for all these years, and all of a sudden you're pregnant, and then came the fear. The intimidation, you can't, you're going to be just like your mom. You're going to be just like, are you kidding me? Mate, go there, would you? To that time in that place where the enemy thought he could stop you. And I just want to insert a truth into that memory. And we sang it earlier. He will never let you down. So let's just take God's truth and put it right there. Let's go right to where the pain of that moment, maybe you're right in the pain right now. You're in school. You dreamed it would be this way, and, man, it seems like it's going backwards, and you thought you knew which major, and now you're so confused. You're like, this isn't for me, and you think, what's going to happen? And you, all, all the enemy's trying to do is take your eyes off the ball, and so there's doubt, discouragement, distraction, intimidation. Well, we're going to pick up. We're going to pick up some verses in just a minute, but before we do, I want to show a clip, one of my favorite movies. Maybe it will be one of your favorite movies. This uh, something to do with a guy named Rocky. And Rocky's having a moment with his son. Look at the screens. So you nervous about the fight? 
They're scared to death. You don't look scared? Well, you ain't supposed to. Then you don't have to do it. Yeah, well, I think I do. Y you know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is gonna be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, well, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself, and this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only gonna end up bad for you, and it's gonna end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah, in a way you are. That's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? You ain't going to believe this. Well, you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching. Every day was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. Wasn't that so powerful? And he calls out something deep inside by refocusing him. We'll read a couple verses here. If you have your Bibles, look at Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 7. Because you see, as these criticizers continued to criticize and try to intimidate God's people from doing what was their next right step, doing what they were called to do, Nehemiah has a response, and his response is prayer. Watch this. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites, Ashadites, Mosquito Bites, when they heard that the work was going ahead 
and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired. Here's the picture. God's people are moving forward. God's people are accelerating. God's work is happening. God's kingdom is happening. When the enemy saw that, that the walls, the gap in the walls of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. Let me say this. Nothing makes our enemy more furious than when we follow God's vision for our life. Nothing makes our enemy more furious than when we obey. Last week, Pastor Ray talked about, man, it's not, God's not just looking for your, your ability. God's looking for your, our obedience. It's our obedience. The scripture says, faithful is he who called you. Who will do it? Who will do it? Like God didn't pick us because he needed us. God picked us to show off who he is. Are you with me? Yeah, that's right. And so it's, it's, it's not our power. It's not like, yeah, now God's going to win. He got me on the team. Hey, like God knows I'm the MVP. You know, that's why I picked me. No, 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 no. He picked us to show off his glory, to show us what he can do, not what we can do. This thing wasn't about Nehemiah. It wasn't even about the children of Israel. It was about the glory of God is what it was about. And by the way, that's what it's still about. So, next verse, verse 8. They all made plans to come and to fight against Jerusalem. These are the enemies. And to throw them into confusion. Notice their response. Notice their recourse right here, verse 9. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Listen to me clearly. Sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to pray about it. And what we mean is, I'm not going to do anything. What we say is we're going to pray and watch, right? We're going to... We're going to watch and pray. We're going to pray and watch. I would say this. Make sure you guard what you pray about. Make sure you guard what you pray about. How do you guard it? Well, if other people are speaking negative about your dream or your vision that God has given you, you're calling on your life, they're like, you can't do it. Man, are you kidding me? Man, you, you, you're going to go start a church? You're going to start a church? You're going to do that? Like, I seriously remember when we moved here before we had monthly gatherings. And I remember the intimidation of thinking, how in the world is this going to happen? You weren't here. How are we going to start this thing? How is this going to work? How, how are we going to, the vision God gave us was so, so, so intimidating to us because it was so huge. And I remember sitting at Starbucks right here in Proper, and I remember some of my friends calling me and saying, I remember, some of y'all know Miss Pam. I remember Miss Pam speaking into my life. Make sure you have people like this in your life. And if you've got people not like this in your life, get them. If you've got people that discourage you, remove them. If you've got naysayers, remove them. Because you begin to believe what they think about you instead of believe what God dreams you to be. I remember Miss Pam saying, Tim, I'm telling you this, not... Not for anything but God's glory, but I believe with all my heart that God is calling momentum to be a mega church. And, and that wasn't like a ha, ha, ha. I mean, we had nobody. I was like, Miss Pam, I, I'll take five. You know, if five people come, that's a win. Trust me. You know, if just five people come, if, 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 if they stay, that's even better. If they stay. And she said, no, 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 God. And she kept speaking truth and encouragement in our heart and in our mind. But there were other people that came along that said, yeah, we know what you're doing. You're trying to take people from other churches. 
And though we had been moved away for 12 years, there were some people at a church that we used to go to. We would see them at a Wahoos game, and, and they'd look at us, and they'd say, yeah, I know you're, you know you're kind of you know, out to take people from our church. And then they would just smile like, we know what you're doing. And you know what? Just because they said it, I didn't have to take it. And just because they said it didn't, make that, didn't mean that it was true. And just because it was on the outside didn't mean I needed to let it on the inside because I knew that's not true. I'm living for the audience of one. And God called me here. God pays for what he orders. What he orders, he pays for. Faithful is he that calls me who's going to do it. It's not in my strength. It's not by my might. It's not by my flesh. It's not by my strength. It's by his spirit that this thing's going to take off. It's by the spirit of God. All I got to do is obey. So God calls us to obedience. And the, here's the problem. When people around us get negative, if we're not careful, we get negative. We'll talk more about that next week in detail. But then the people of Judah began to complain. That was the people on the inside. That was God's people. Now they're echoing. Now they're reiterating. They're repeating the things that their enemy was saying. Have you ever done that? You ever believed the lie? Have you ever verbalized the lie that Satan put? In your mind, about you, about your family, about your business, about your future. Have you ever done that? Oh, be careful. Be careful what you say. We create by our words. In fact, James says that the pro- every problem that we have comes all the way back to one root, and it's called our tongue. Do you know that? I- I'm helping someone today. I'm helping myself if no one else today. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. Speak life. Don't speak death. You know, this is harder than I thought. I just, maybe I can't do it. Maybe, maybe I wasn't meant for this. Maybe, maybe this is too hard. Maybe the dream of, of our family being financially free, maybe that was just a pfft. Maybe starting a church, you know. Like Pastor Jeremy, that's where he was when God called him to start a church in L.A. Me, go to L.A. How could I do that? And God's like, yeah, I, I got the right guy. Moses at the burning bush, God, and God's like, Moses, I didn't change my mind, it's you, man, are you with me? And these people begin to complain, and the workers, they said, the workers are getting tired, there's so much rubble to be removed, and their back's starting to hurt, <laughs> they're like, oh God, I feel a pain in my neck, and they said, we're never going to be able to build the wall by ourselves, that's what the enemy was saying, and they believed the lie, meanwhile, our enemies were saying, Before they know what's happened, we're going to swoop down on them. We'll kill them. We'll end their work. The Jews who live near the enemy came and they told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. Now people on the inside have begun to believe the lies from the outside. The waters of negativity are starting to get on the inside. The boat, the ship is is beginning to sink. So what does Nehemiah, what does a leader, what does a Jesus follower do? When the rumor has it, and you know it's not true, but it's consuming you. It's all around you. It's everything you hear. And people closest to you are beginning to believe what everyone else was saying and spraying. How do you handle that? Well, Nehemiah tells us a secret in verse 13. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall. In the exposed areas, I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then, as I looked over the situation, 
I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and here's what I said to them. Don't be afraid of the enemy. You know what you do? You go back to truth. You go back to your values. That's what you do. You go back to the truth. And he says to the people, remember the Lord. Not remember our enemy. He says, no, 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 we're not just going to pray and do nothing. We're going to do something and keep praying. But we're going to pray with our eyes open. We're going to pray while we're moving forward. We're going to pray and we're going to guard what we prayed about. So maybe you've prayed that God would send you an incredible husband. And then you're going to guard that. You're going to guard your heart. You're not going to go out just with anyone. You're going to guard what your prayers are about. Because you remember who the Lord is, that he is great and he is glorious. And so Nehemiah now has this Braveheart moment. Nehemiah has this William Wallace moment. I, I got the clip cued, but, but I don't know if we have time to show it. He, he's on the horse and they're all running away. And he says, whoa, 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 where are you going? And they said, we're going to live another day. And he says, live you may. Would you not trade it all? Would you not trade it all? To be free. And Nehemiah says, listen, remember your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Remember what you're fighting for. When our enemies heard that we knew, that's favor, there's God. Sometimes when our enemies come so hard, we're like, where's God? God was here, where's God? No, 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 there's God. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, who frustrates our enemies? Who destroys our enemies? Who helps us defeat our enemies? God does. So when a spirit of depression is coming against you, maybe a spirit of negativity is inside you. Maybe you're struggling so much and you just, you just feel down. You just feel despair. You're here and you're like, man, I, I used to have these hopes and these dreams. I have no hope anymore. Maybe insecurity has robbed you of everything. Maybe you feel like, man, I can't even find hope. Again, I think my life is over. It's always going to be like this. That's a lie that the enemy says. It's all, you, you're the only one. And then he says, man, you're always going to be. You're always been this way. You're always going to be this way. What do we do? We remember the Lord. And our God, not only, not only does he beat our enemies, he destroys them. He frustrates them. And then they all returned back to the wall. He's like, man, we're not coming down from the wall. We're not going to stop doing what we were called to do. And, and today, someone needs to be encouraged. Because you're fighting for marriage. You don't even know if it's worth it anymore. You don't even know if he's worth it anymore. You don't even know if she's worth it anymore. There's someone here today. There's some couple here today that, that your next stop is divorce. Your next stop is right there. And, man, it's been forever since. It's been forever. I mean, you've slept on the couch. You've slept in the guest bedroom for how long? And you're just putting up. It's just roommates. You're just trying not to fight when the kids are around. And you've lost your hope. You've lost the vision that God gave you that, man, y'all are going to love each other. That you're going to have a, a family that loved each other. And you're that close. Maybe, maybe that's not you today. Maybe you're here and, and you're getting ready to go into college or to go into the military and all of a sudden, you're wondering, because the enemy is trying to intimidate you, you're wondering, do I really have what it takes? Do I really, can, I, can I really do this? Maybe God's calling you to another level in your business, and it's intimidating to you. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're a pastor, 
and you feel like God's got these great big plans and, and, and you're going to begin to share them with the church and, and, and it involves, man, buying property and building a building and doing it all debt-free because God's people, we, we're going we're gonna to lend. We're not going to borrow. We're going to be generous, not broke. Because the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And, but how do you do that? That's crazy. No one's doing that. Who says, man, we're going to go, we're just going to believe God that somehow with his people and we're not going to take a loan and God's going to provide through his people millions of dollars and we're going to have excellence and it's going to be amazing. But maybe, maybe, maybe you're there. Maybe you're not. That's, that's where I can be as a pastor and God's saying, come on, Tim, trust me. I'm just calling you to obey me. Just trust me. I'm, come on, come on, come on. Walk with me. Come on, come on, come on. I don't know where you are today. But I know where he is today. And he's in the same place. He's in the same place he's always been. And he is good. Let's never forget that. And there's not a marriage too broken. There's not a friendship too far gone. There's not a son or daughter that can't come back. There's no prodigal that God can't bring back, that God can't break, that God can't cause them to come to their senses. There's no business too far in the wrong direction that God cannot revive. There's no marriage that God cannot re-energize. But he, she, 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 are you kidding me? With God, all things are possible. So keep your eyes on the ball. I'll give you four things. We're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Here's what I want to tell you today. Number one, expect distractions and expect distractors. It's part of the game. If you're going to do anything big, if you're going to move forward to God's plan for your life, people are going to talk about you. And if people aren't talking about you, that's because you're dead. Good news, if they're talking about you, you're alive. If they're talking about you, you're doing something. If they're talking about you, if they're throwing things from behind they're attacking you from behind because you're ahead. Stay humble. Stay focused. Keep your eyes on God. Expect the distractions and the distractors. And if you've got people around you that continue to be that way, remove them. God bless you somewhere else. Sometimes when people move, we have a lot of military families, and I love that. Oh, God, I love that. We were getting gas yesterday outside of Orlando, and um, I saw a gentleman served in Vietnam, and it just touches my heart, whether they're in service or they're a veteran, just to thank people. And I, I say this, I say, I say, you are my hero. In fact, the other day at Riley School, um, we went there for something special, and I saw a gentleman in front of me in uniform. It goes, uh, yep, get ahead of myself. And, and he's standing there in uniform, and the Holy Spirit's just like, tell him, thank you. Tell him, thank you. Shake his hand. Tell him you're, he's, he's your hero. And I said that. I said, excuse me, sir. And I tapped him. He turned around. I shook his hand. And I said, thank you so much for your sacrifice. You're my hero. And here's how he responded. Pastor Tim. I didn't know who he was. The guy at the gas said, shake his hand. said, thank you for serving in Vietnam. I know you were disrespected, but you, sir, are my hero. The fact that you are black, the fact that I'm white, that has nothing to do with it. We are all made in the image of God. Listen to me. You have value. I have value. Every life matters. You laid your life on the line. I honor you. Thank you. And we just had a God moment yesterday. Had a God moment. When those kind of people leave your church, it hurts. And then there are other people, you just pray, Lord, lead them. 
Lead them somewhere else. Lead them to my buddy's church, God. <laughs> Bless them. Bless them. Expect distractions and distractors. Expect them. Expect them. And, and if you've got negative people around, tune them out. Don't you dare listen to them. Don't you, if you listen to them, you can't hear the voice of God. That's a hot point. If you listen to them, you can't hear the voice of God. Expect them. Just because you expect them doesn't mean you've got to listen to them. Number two, don't waste your time or energy on them. Get away from negative people. If you're negative, get away by yourself. Tell yourself, I'm going to resurrect. I'm not going to be dead anymore. I'm not going to live so low anymore. I'm not going to be negative. I'm going to be positive. Don't waste your time or energy on them. Number three, trust God to protect your reputation. Through this whole election, man, we all saw the back and forth and the negativity and the, the jab and the punch and the, all that stuff. And now America needs to heal. We need to come back, right? Isn't that what everyone's saying? We need to do that. You know how we do that? Not by distraction. Not by wasting our time. Who voted for who? You know, getting all worked up. No, 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 no. We just need to pray for our president going out and for our president coming in. We need to pray. The enemy would love nothing more than something like an election to take God's people out. Because then he can get further ahead instead of God's kingdom getting further ahead. So, so man, trust God to protect your reputation. People are talking about you just because they say it doesn't mean you have to take it. doesn't mean that it's true. And number four, and lastly, keep moving forward. That's how winning happens. That's how winning happens. That's how winning happens. They're talking, to, you can't do that. You're going to start your own company. That's how winning happens. Your wife looks at you and says, you know what? I think you're a joke, man. You, don't you quit there. Prove her wrong. Become the man she believed you once were. Are you with me? Don't quit in the pit. If you find yourself in the pit, don't quit. Get out of it. Get out of it. No excuses. No distractions. Keep moving forward. That's how winning happens. You take the hit and you move forward. And you take the hit and you move forward. And you take the hit and you move forward. You got in the octagon to fight. You didn't get in it to flex. And life, the Bible says, our life is a good fight. And we have a real enemy. So the Bible says, fight the good fight. We gotta just stay tape. You don't we don't just have to stand there and take it. But as Christians, we fight from our knees. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to ask you, where where, did, where are you at? When when did you lose it? You thought you had it, you had it, you always dreamed of it, you wanted it, you had it, then you lost it. You can't find it, you don't know where it is. Somewhere you stopped believing, somewhere you started becoming who they were saying you were or you were not. And all of a sudden, man, it's death by distraction. You, you, you don't even know which end is up. And you begin to care more about what other people think and are talking about you. And, and boy, listen, young people, listen, listen, listen. Be really careful of the dangers. I'm not against social media. I'm on it all. I'm on it all. But that's one of the biggest distractions if we're not careful. We can be on that stuff all day and miss life and miss loving the people right in front of us. And then talk about how much we loved them when they died instead of telling them to their face when they're alive. That's a hot point. Right there. Don't waste your life away being distracted. Refocus. The best 
way to refocus your life is through prayer. Because when, when, you, when you begin to move towards prayer, everything begins to get more clear. And God gives you clarity to the vision he gave you. So will you be obedient? Will you stay with your calling? Will you outlast your critics? Will, will you believe that faithful is he who called you to do it? And he, God, will do it. Not might, not hopefully, but if God calls you to it, he is powerful enough to see you through it. So hang in there, tie a knot to the character of God and hang on. Some of you say, Tim, I, man, I just believe the lies. I've letting people, their lies, and let them criticize and I just let them fertilize the lies. And it's taking me out. I'll be honest. My head's not in the game. My eye's not on the ball. Man, I, 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 need, to, I need to get it all to the Lord and let the Lord help me get it right. It's not about you getting better today. It's about you turning to the one who is good and perfect, who will make your path straight. If that's you, you say, man, God's speaking to me this morning. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Would you raise your hand wherever you are? You say, Tim, there's an area in my life. There's right now, there's an area, something God's called me to. I've begun to doubt, to be intimidated, to think I can't do it. Maybe I fell off the wall. I'm doubting who God made me to be. Maybe you are once believed God for a baby and now you've given up the dream, you've given up the vision. Maybe you find yourself in over your head and, and you're looking at all the water around you. And if you're not careful, you're letting the water get inside of you. And that's how you sink. You say, today, I'm going to put my eyes back on Jesus because Jesus is more than enough. If that's you, raise your hand all over. Hold it up to God. This is to God. You, and just tell him, God, I need your help. God, I surrender today. God, I surrender to you today. I'm dependent on your provision. God, I surrender to your will today. I'm dependent on your provision. I surrender to your will today. I'm dependent on your provision. God, help me. God, I know that I'm weak. But in my weakness, your strength is made perfect. God, it's not about my strength. It's about your strength. And so today, in my weakness, I lay it all on the line, God. I just put out my hands. I surrender and I say, God, help me today. I don't feel like I can. I feel like quitting. I, I, I don't even believe that, that I can do it anymore, that I can be that person, that I can do what you've called me to do. But my calling is not to perfection. My calling is not to performance. God, my calling is to faith. And I'm going to keep my faith and my eyes of faith on you. Jesus, help us today. For we so desperately need you. We need you to help us be the mothers and the fathers and the husbands and the wives and the neighbors that you've called us and created us to be. Lord, to be the employees and the employers. To be the sons and the daughters, the mothers, the fathers that you've called us to be and in our brokenness we invite you God to encourage us and to allow us to have some grit so we don't quit in the pit to allow you God to work out whatever it is you're trying to teach us to allow you to rack more weight more plates because you know our strength is hanging in the balance. And you know that with you, all things are possible. So you call us to step out on the water. You call us to not quit in the darkness, but to continue to pray and believe and to keep moving forward. God, there's some people, they've taken a hit and they, they tapped. They got hit and they tapped out. 
and feel like the enemy's been on top of them. It's been nothing but ground and pound, and they just want it to be over, God. Maybe someone here today is suicidal, God, and that's exactly where they are. Spirit of God today, speak to them. Draw life out of them, God. Help them to get up and to know, Lord, that with you, all things are possible. And that with you, you are the hope of this world. And that with you, God, it doesn't matter where they are. They can be where you want them to be. Because you are who you say you are. And you can do what you say you can do. We place our faith in you, Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed, there's some people here today. You're watching online. You're in Navarre. You're at Blackwater. And you have never surrendered your life to Christ. You've, you've allowed pride your intelligence to trip you up. You've allowed the doubt that the enemy's placed there. Jesus was surrounded with disciples that had doubt. But the cool thing is, doubt did not stop them. You see, God's love can break through that doubt. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I'm really struggling with this. I've got questions. And don't let that keep you from saying yes to him. Don't let that keep you from declaring that Jesus is Lord. That's how, that's how you receive life. That's how I receive life when I declare he's Lord and I just surrender to him. Listen, if you and I understood it all, if you and I had it all figured out, I guess we'd, we'd kind of be God, wouldn't we? We'd be God. As I looked out over the ocean, I realized so much of what lied underneath, I, I have no idea about it. As we were in the boat and I'm looking at the water, I thought, I don't even know the depth. I, I don't even know if there's a shark here or there, or if there's dolphins. I, I don't even know what kind of sea life is right below me. I, I didn't even know. And I, I could think more of myself than I should. I could just realize, God, here, this God that's so huge. You're way bigger than me. And, and I don't have you figured out. And I got questions and fears and doubts, but that's not going to keep me from you. Some of you just need to say yes to him today. And I'd be, I'm telling you, I'd be a sorry pastor if I didn't call you to that. It's not just about this life, guys. This life is a little, just a little hiccup compared to eternity. And eternity is all about what you do with Jesus. So if you're here today, man, you're, you're trusting in your religion. You're trusting in an experience. You're trusting in mom and dad and where you went to church and all that stuff, man. You need to turn to Jesus and just say, Jesus, I trust in you. You're Lord. I'm not. I need you, Jesus, to do for me what I can't do for myself. And that's wash me from my sins and save me. Make me new. He'll do that for you. I'd like to lead you in a prayer if you need that today with heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you repeat after me? And Man, let's pray as a family right here. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Even though sometimes it's hard for me to believe that you love me. Today, I'm going to say yes to you. I'm going to believe you love me. I'm going to accept your love and everything that comes with it. I still got doubt, doubts, still have fears, but I'm coming to you today and I'm trusting you to wash away my sins, to save me to make me brand new and to teach me how to live. Thank you for dying for me, for rising again. Please teach me how to live. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, I believe that not only 
Does Jesus make you better at life? I believe Jesus makes our life better. If you said yes to him today, man, I want to encourage you to have courage, not to be ashamed of him. I want to encourage you to raise your hand really high and say, yeah, yeah, today I turned to him. I said yes to his love. If that's you, we're going to celebrate. It's why we do church. This is the one singular reason. And so people in death can experience life. If that's you on the count of three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Right now, would you hold it up? Hold it up. I see a hand in the back. I see another hand. Who else? You'd hold up your hand. You say, that's me today, Tim. I said yes to God's love. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And if if you say, man, I, I'm struggling. I, I got good news for you, and I'm through. Raising your hand to get you into heaven. But if you place your faith in Christ today, would you go to the tent and let someone know? We'd love to come alongside of you and partner with you. I love you guys. So good to see you today.